diet related. And I believe, you know, a large number of people who suffer from mental illness, like depression, anxiety, a lot of cognitive degenerative diseases, um, you know, is basically, you know, they're victims of their, um, so one thing I'm terrified of needles. So this is why I wanted this on camera to talk about how we got to face our fears. And, you know, I used EMDMR therapy, thank you so much, to uh, fear my, cure my fear of flying. So I'm hopeful I'm going to do that to cure my fear of needles. Hey, y'all, it's Baldo here. And I want to help you unlock your next level potential with a discounted ticket to this year's Howdy Health Fest happening in December. Use code HDYHPOD25 and enjoy a weekend filled with world-class biohacking products, top health experts, movement, connection, and recovery, and maybe even some ice baths and some nice sauna time. Remember, this year's festival is December 2nd through 4th. It's going to be an exciting time. We are committed, committed to you to bring you the best experience that your health can achieve. Now, I'll talk to the listeners yeah. about what's going on right now. So, so yeah. Misha is at our wonderful studio right now where our wonderful nurse is giving him a wonderful vitamin IV. Misha is, well an, done. is, Misha is literally going through it right now. There did, it is. He did amazing. So for the Howdy Health Clock podcast oh, wow. with our guest Misha uh, Hyman here, anyone gets a, uh, a vitamin IV while they do our podcast. So how do you do vitamins? Uh, I, I take them <laughs> through IV. I, I'm not a big fan of oral vitamins, but uh, you can, it's great to get a quick shot. Go to your local MSMW lounge or, or Alive and Well or Kuya or somewhere not in your Austin area or anywhere uh, in, in the U.S. But, uh, you know, it's very important to take your daily vitamins. very important to take care of supplementation. And that's one thing I want to talk about. Uh, how do I do my vitamins? So I actually love to eat most of my, my, my vitamins from fruits and vegetables and, and real grass-fed, regenerative farm meat, uh, sustainable fish. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice this. If any of my other doc, well, well done. <laughs> that was well done. I, I almost get everybody stressed out. I have panic attacks and freak everybody out. And I, maybe because of my camera, I didn't want to embarrass myself. But thank you, guys. <laughs> he TL made it. TLC, he made it. tender, loving care. Mm. But I believe that, you know, I believe that we have to, you know, take care of our nutrition, you know, first and foremost. And, and that's where I receive most of my uh, nutrients, most of my vitamins. And I believe, you know, if you, if you really have, you know, a diet that consists of probably 90% of really nutrient dense, healthy, um, hyper local produce and vegetables, really great, you know, you know, meat, really great fish that's, you know, sustainably raised and not, you know, full of antibiotics and hormones, you can get most of your vitamins from your food. And then I would get blood tested and see what you're lacking in, uh, what levels you're lacking in, and you can always supplement and kind of take care of, you know, it's not one, you know, one, uh, one a day vitamins is like what everyone should take. Uh, it's literally, they should take, um, exactly what they're lacking in. So if someone's low in B12, someone's low in, you know, um, you know, zinc, someone's low in iron supplement accordingly. But I believe for me, you can find what you're, in my experience, in my clients, you can find those levels of zinc or copper or selenium or phosphate that you can actually find in food and uptick, um, you know, what you use in nutrition and food to supplement. So that's how I do my vitamins just to, yeah, I love that. I love that. And you, you cooked for us and you really served love with the food. You could tell, obviously Mm -hmm. you were passionate doing it. Um, you were giving us food as a form of medicine. Right, and the food that we ate the other night was very nutrient dense. Well, can we explain what the why that we did that dinner? So that was oh, yeah, on yeah. the heels of, yeah. keto, of KetoCon, yes. right? So, 
you guys had a booth at KetoCon. That's I, right. Can you explain a little bit what that was? Because I, I came sure. just because, you know, Aaron said, come for KetoCon, and I couldn't make it because I was doing a dinner for my business partner's mother's 70th birthday. Shout out, Mrs. Miss Harrington. <laughs> um, and I literally flew the next morning to Austin to come here to, in time, and Aaron, as my Sherpa, picked me up from the conference. Uh, Kiki, sorry, Kiki took me from the uh, hotel to the conference, from the conference to HEB, which is a great grocery store. I'm shocked, uh, you know, how amazing their produce <laughs> is. From the grocery store directly to the, our dear friend Allison's house to make an amazing meal with uh, donated by the meat. We had 20 pounds of chuck roast donated by um, Wild Pastures, Wild Pastures sister gotcha. company of Paleo, Paleo Valley. Unbelievable regenerative farm meat. So it's very important to get your nutrients from, uh, you know, your meat, obviously, uh, that's not factory farmed. So regenerative farm meat and grass-fed meat, um, especially grass-finished meat, has something called CLA, conjugated linoleic acid, which, runs the mo- which is one of the most important super, you know, uh, omega-3 fatty acids out there. It fights against hypertension, heart disease, cancer, inflammation, weight loss, you name it. So eat your, uh, wild- go to Wild Pastures, get your regenerative farm meat. Um, but, yeah, that's where we, we had basically all this meat that essentially took about 15 to 12 hours to slow roast and shred. And, you know, me being a, you know, New York Jew you know, perfectionist, <laughs> I was in a panic. I didn't really tell Aaron, but I was in a full-blown panic thinking there's no way in six hours we're going to get this meat palatable for all these KetoCon, you know, vendors and VIPs that you brought together. And I don't know, guys, how was the meal? How, how did it taste? Delicious. Amazing. Delicious. Amazing. Even my roommate, who I took some leftovers for, was like... It was like, I don't know who made that, but I want to adopt them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, people are still high-fiving each other about how delicious it was. Yeah, we're still getting, we're still getting messi- great messages. You're not on that group chat. You're get me welcome. On that, get me on that chat. I'll Let put me. you in there if you really want to be. Now, I will, I'll tell you what KetoCon was before we get into our conversation. So KetoCon was a mass gathering of like-minded enthusiasts for health and wellness. Mm-hmm. But the focus is on diet and changing your diet can change your world. So the mm-hmm. keto diet is the first approach for most people into the introduction of heat, eating healthier and maybe having a healthier lifestyle. So to health and wellness is a big deal in Austin. We had a big conference this weekend where we were there for three days and we mm-hmm. set up a vitamin bar where we did IVs, just like Misha's getting right now. And then we had a vitamin bar drink and then we were alongside other people at Keto Coffee, Keto Bars. I mean, there was a guy grilling meat, some of the best meat we've had. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, of course, we met wonderful people there. Speakers were great. We had doctors and practitioners. We had people telling their life-changing stories about you know, how keto saved their life, got them out of diabetes, you know, helped them prevent heart disease. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a group of people who are going out of their way to collectively come together to maybe promote a product or promote a lifestyle, there's really good intention there. And so the gathering Sunday night, which I understand is something uh, of, of the norm for you, right? You want to gather with the people behind the scenes who put this event together and talk about what? What, what do you normally like to do when you have this dinner? Uh, well, typically I like to have everyone eat dinner, have everyone hang out and, and eat together. Typically I like to do it family style, not in a big long table so people can communicate and build community with each other. And then at the end of the dinner, I kind of like to have a lecture, and I basically say, I didn't do it last uh, the other night, but mm-hmm. I typically basically say, look, I just tricked a bunch of adults to eat probably three days' worth of your recommended daily intake of vitamins. Mm-hmm. So that's how we do vitamins. And they're all like, oh, wow, that's impressive. And then usually at dinner parties, people go home at like 10, 9, they get tired, food coma, you know, the, their gluten intake, probably from the bread or the pasta, from whatever they, whatever they ate, um, and the iodized table salt that they use probably gives them, you know, a headache and they want to go home. But the food I make, I try to 
inspire, you know, activate the person's, you know, immune system, nervous system, and, and you know, flush them with like a vitamin and vitamin drip like this. Mm-hmm. So we were people basically kicked out, and it was Sunday night, and they were there till like ten thirty, eleven. You, you were there. Oh, it was, like it, was it was later. It was later. later. Yeah, it was like one. It was like one. Wanna... <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, sorry, it's not the Lord's Day. I didn't. <laughs> but um, it was Monday before people. It was left. Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, it's, uh, and I also like to educate people about how you can not just eat for your health, not just eat for your mental health. But eat for your family, eat for your community, and if you can eat for your community and, and think about your food system and think about where you get your food as a community, that'll change the larger community, the larger network, and then ultimately the world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what I'm really big on is, so I started off becoming really interested in regenerative farm, uh, sorry, urban farming, like like vertical farming in cities. So when you work live in a city, and let's say you're in a school zone, you have a tiny little room, you could probably you got 100 square feet, you could turn that into about you know, an acre of land if you grow vertical kale or vertical microgreens or vertical whatever you want to do. Um, or in mush- you can grow mushrooms in a very tight space. Mushrooms are very nutrient-dense, some of my favorite superfoods out there. Um, but to me, I always like to talk about how if you can turn these cities or turn these, uh, even these, these wastelands, these places that have become desert through desertification, we can use urban farming, use technology, use reg- the uh, principles of biodynamic farming and regenerative farming which is basically basically using the land to regenerate itself and you know regenerate the soil, regenerate the you know the carbon intake and in the you know from the atmosphere, but essentially you know he, feeding ourselves in a very hyper local way to heal our planet. And and sometimes you can't get if you're in a city you can't get a good farm, you can't get a nice like here in Austin we can go probably two miles and get the best steak regenerative or grass fed steak mm-hmm. ever, but in you know New York City or let's say you're in Connecticut or not Connecticut, so uh, you know Atlanta somewhere. You have to order it, so there's good options like butcher box or wild pastures. Very affordable, very cheap. So something that I think we need to think about is it's not lack of access always; it's lack of education. So how do we educate the people? Right, right. And I think that to me is something I try to do at these dinners. Right, and I, I I love that you you can tell how much it means to you because it's one thing to give someone food; it's another to educate them on why I'm giving you this food. Right, we you could have served pasta, you could have served enchiladas, you could have served tacos. Like very easily, right? We had tortillas next to the beef. We had. We so, definitely yeah. had a villain <laughs> right. to make tacos. <laughs> but it, really but being tacos. keto all weekend, not everyone went to them all the time. Exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was it was refreshing. I wanted to just point out one thing you like to emphasize too is that community, right? And what was really great about it was that everyone. It was a party, right? Mm-hmm. We had what you said, thirty-one people there. Thirty-one, people, 31 yeah. people there, which meant you had thirty-one individuals who cared about the same things that you care about. Mm-hmm. All sitting around or standing around talking about why they enjoyed the weekend, why they enjoy other people's camaraderie. Why it was not necessarily about the food. The food is what brought people together, right? And I think we get away from that mentality of you know why is a meal so important to eat with others, right? You brought us together when everyone was tired, right? Like everyone was tired. We had been working all weekend, but you brought us together because we knew that this might be just as important as going to the event. Mm-hmm. That's what you already set up for people. So I know that's what you do with the work that you do. Is that what Health Warrior Project is too? Absolutely. And I just want to touch on that for a second. Like we, you talk about eating as a community. Like that, that, that one thing, that's one thing that's very important to me. Like as a, you know, species, a human species, mm-hmm. we have lost the ability probably in the past 50, 60 years, especially in the Western world, <clears throat> pardon me, how to, you know, eat together have the meal time be a play like in, in europe people sit down for six seven hours for a dinner 
they communicate. There's actually studies, and we, they talked about this at the last biohacking conference, that your glucose level, you're able to like have less spikes in your glucose levels if you have a longer, more you know, commutative uh, camaraderie at dinner and more you know, conversation and you connect with people. Uh, but also think about every native tribe, or every indigenous tribe. Mm-hmm. Mealtime was a celebration. Mealtime was a place where the elders and the, and the youth and the, and the next generation and, and the warriors would all come together, celebrate their kill, celebrate their, you know, their harvest, and, and actually make a real conscious decision to be together and, and work together and heal, and heal as a community. And I think in the 50s when you get the Betty Crocker cookbook and you get Ritz, Ritz crackers and you get um, Campbell's Soup kind of being put into everyone's home, and having the convenient dinner and having the TV dinner and having the drive-through and have you know McDonald's being uh, you know a feature of you know, it was a great feature to actually have people driving across the country on highways having a pit stop but now you see McDonald's every two blocks mm-hmm. right and it's t- I'm sorry every two blocks on the same city you get a McDonald's and a Wendy's and a Taco Bell go two blocks McDonald's Wendy's Taco Bell Burger King right mm-hmm. in almost every city and and that's not how it was designed right a little one burger here is not going to kill anybody but we we've become a convenient, convenience-oriented mm-hmm. society. Don't get me into social media and how we need to have <laughs> Amazon, how I need everything have at, at a very rapid pace. But think about our food. People have the slow food movement. You know, I'm down for that. That's not my, my main goal, not the raw. That's not my, that's my thing. My thing is just eating with intention, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can do it, like if I'm really starving in a pinch, I can go to, you know, in California, I can go to In-N-Out, get two grass-fed burgers and a lettuce wrap and, you know, some onions and tomatoes and just go and not an intermittent fast rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the best thing you should do, but if there's things you can do without getting the French fries and the McDonald's or the, the bun. Um, so my whole thing is not necessarily thinking about food as a convenience. I have so many clients, especially in New York, that say, I don't have time to shop. I don't have time to cook. I cooked for 35 people and like, Really, it was like two and a half hours. Yeah. I just had to put the meat on for six hours to make it shred. But, but ultimately, like you can, and I'm not someone who's like the best uh, educated chef. I, I I'm self-taught. Learned you know learned from a lot of amazing chefs. Learned from my grandmother a lot. My father mm-hmm. was a great cook. My mother was a great cook. But it's anybody can cook for themselves. Anybody can cook for two, four, mm-hmm. six people. And it really takes about twenty, thirty minutes to do it right. So yes. my my whole business, right when I first started it, was how do I teach low-income families who are suffering in food deserts to cook a, for a family of five for $25 in less than 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And and for me, if you think about going out to McDonald's for a family of five, that's about $65. Like $11 for this and tax, then you get to mm-hmm. buy, the, buy the drink and the water and the Sprite. So so for me, this whole convenience model of how do I you know, get through the day, if, if you actually eat well and have you know, do your take your vitamins and have your... Um, actually have a real focus on what goes in your body, have real intention of what goes in your body as fuel, you'll have so much more time and be so much more efficient in like the whole four hour work week. Like you could work, do most people's work in like less than, you know, less than five hours if you actually are more productive. Mm-hmm. And we're not made to be sitting in front of a computer for eight hours, right? So mm-hmm. you look at Europe, they have like this, the six hour siesta, work in the morning and then at night they go back to work and they take a nap in the middle of the day after a big lunch. That's, I wouldn't say get in a food coma, but like that's kind of the whole concept of how to, you know, eat with intention. It's not mm-hmm. like every day you go to the market. Like our grandparents, pardon me, our grandparents would go to the market almost every day. And our great-grandparents had to probably farm most of their stuff. And if you think about World War II, it was a very interesting time in, in American history. We had something called the Victory Gardens. Are you guys familiar with Victory mm-hmm. Gardens? So like FDR basically said, we have, we're have lacking on supply. We're not going to be able to serve our troops. We need to have every American grow a garden in their front yard and take care of themselves. Like be a grown-up and like take care of your health. 
Yeah. And that was like one of the healthiest times probably in, you know, you know, our, our history in terms of how we ate uh, as a like, modern society. And then like the next generation, like 10 years later, Betty Crocker, we get all these Betty Crocker cookbooks who use Ritz crackers and Campbell's and all these Nabisco to, you know, to make, to make uh, just every recipe, like, like baked beans shouldn't have like Campbell's creamy mushroom soup and like crack crunkled rich crackers on it right but every grandparent had that at thanksgiving right mm-hmm. that's so that's my whole thing is eat with intention doing it in community actually like you're more likely to be um fat if your friends are fat than if your parent are, is, is fat right mm-hmm. so if you're a really healthy group of people doing the health like you're saying the other night everyone was like-minded it was a pretty healthy group or everyone's on the journey to get healthy there's yeah. no one's in denial saying i'm i'm great i'm gonna <laughs> you know watch tv and eat my pringles and make it work so that's my I guess that's my mission, right? I just want to help people understand that it's not their fault that they're kind of given this misinformation. It's not their fault. Like going to this keto con- conference, right? There's so many, there's so many, there was, there was a lot of people that I would see with these booths that were just like, it was bad science, right? I'm not going to name any names, but it was just not great. Some of it was like, okay, that's not really keto or that's not, this is not like on the level of you know, health and wellness. Sure, it's a snack. It's maybe it's a bridge from like a Snickers bar or something. But sure. for me, you know, you got to educate people like from, from from the bottom of the pyramid, right? And to me, the bottom of the pyramid is eat whole, real, all natural mm-hmm. food, supplement and vitamins, exercise, movement, and like meditate or like do something, mm-hmm. right? Get a hobby. And that's it. And it's not that complicated. And if you have an underlying health issue, you know, we got to check that out. You know, I see a functional medicine doctor, Eastern medicine doctor, and then, you know, diagnose Western, treat Eastern is, my, is the kind of the way I like to think about it. But, you know, that's my soapbox right but i I love this because i i hear you talking about how much of a routine has to be implemented into becoming healthy and i think with the magic bully theory that we have here in the united states Mm -hmm. we look for a very quick convenient easy answer and that's what keto con kind of that's what some of my uh some of the other like even the young goose amazing skincare they do nad skincare um, topicals, you know, cream, it's one of the most amazing skin products, but they, the, one of the founders, um, Amitai, he basically was saying that it seemed like everyone who was coming there, I think he was on your podcast, yep. Yep. everyone who was coming there was, you know, there was a group of people who actually were not the vendors who were attendees who were, you know, into the, into the whole process of learning more, but it was really like sick people trying to find that silver bullet or that quick mm-hmm. fix. Right. And to be honest, my story is I, I lost, I dated a child. I wrote a blog about it. I'm not going to go fully into it because I know we have a hard stop, but I did it. I did it a chubby chaser in college, uh, junior year in college, gained a hundred, gained 125 pounds. No, sorry. A hundred. So I went from 208 to like, uh, 326 mm. in like nine months. And I lost it all going keto and kind of doing, eating like Vietnamese pho with no noodles, you know, grass fed burgers, lettuce wraps for like seven months and lost all of it and got back to 198. So that, that's how I became a real kind of wellness chef is kind of using the keto experience but it's not a one size fits all like i was playing basketball i was you know trying to be mindful i was exercising a fair amount i was doing yoga like i wasn't just eating well um but i would say eating well and sleeping are the prerequisites to the rest of your health i agree yeah. i agree completely and you said something earlier too you talked about community i just want to yeah, talk yeah, about Sorry. this too um i rely on my community i know hopefully we caught this on the recording but like without aaron I mean, I'm I'm lost. I'm confused. Aww. I mean, she keeps things in order, right? But looking at it, I rely on my community to also pick me up when I need help, right? So, like, coming together with a meal with Aaron, 
I'm not coming there just for the food. I'm coming there for the knowledge, the unity, the ideas that we're going to share a good conversation about something very important. I mean, that is what a meal should be, which is very different from food, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of interesting transition. I want to hear Aaron's take on this. We talk about food. Yes, please. Yeah. What, so, is, what is your take on healthy well, food now? I, I grew up in a very large family. Um, both sides get together for every holiday. You know, 40, 50 people, no matter what, they still do it. We have quite a few less now because the elder generation is, you know, going away. Unfortunately, that happens. But they're all like 90, you know, because the community and what you eat. Um, my dad took me grocery shopping when I was little, taught me how to cook. Mom didn't cook. It's a joke. She could burn <laughs> water. Love you, Rose. Um, <laughs> Grandma was even worse. Uh, but the big thing for me with food is it brings people together. It really does. And it's how we connect and it's how we become family, whether you are biological or not. And I've met some of my favorite people at dinners in bars when mm -hmm. I used to work in bars. You know, I learned a lot of my skill set doing that. Uh, mom worked in restaurants. She's like, I had you, I had you, dang near had you while I was sweeping the floor at a restaurant. She loves to tell that story. Like, worked up till the day she had me, stopped after, after my sister, because, you know, four kids. Um, but for me, it's, it's all about bringing people together. Uh, the, you know, more natural the ingredients, the, the best. My dad has his little garden and loves to tell me all about it. So I am lucky that I, Grew up in a big family, community, community, community. Everyone would bring something, all of that. Still the Midwest. We do love our cheese and our meat. But, yeah. And I love when people give me this opportunity to plan. So I love the community part about it. But for me, it's the bringing them together. Mm -hmm. That's what excites me. That's what, you know, gets me to that high dopamine rush, if we're being honest. Yeah. yeah so John knows was, what I'm well, talking about. Well, He's seen it. Well, I have to, I have to <laughs> point that out. So, you talked about food initially, Misha, as how much you like helping people through food, mm -hmm. right? Aaron just talked about the connections that food brings people. Mm -hmm. So what we really should look at is food. We eat food for different reasons, mm -hmm. right? But usually dopamine is kind of the underlining thing, right? Because we look at food as a reward, mm -hmm. as pleasure, as a sensation, an emotion, Right. Also, as a coping mechanism. As yep. a coping mechanism. I want to get into that before you. Yeah. So, so that's why yeah. that's why I want to get yeah. into. Ah, as I was hoping oh, you're going to get to. Why do we love food so much? And also, why in the early 2000s did we avoid it so much because of the skinny culture and all of that? Like that's one of the things I've been Ooh. revisiting. Do you want to touch that bit? first? Yeah. Sure. I would. I would love your take on that. And yeah. And like so, body positivity. Yeah. yeah so um, body positivity is great. I grew up with curvy women. I always thought I was a hundred pounds maybe until I was 22 years old, grew some hips at that point. Um, but when I was younger, so to put it into context, I would have been in high school during the like skinny, skinny model range. And I remember movies, all of that. It's like the tinier you are, the better, which I was, but I grew up with curvy women in my family and that's what I found very beautiful. Thankfully, you know, my thirties gave me that. And it's just so interesting to see how it's evolved into the body positive movement, which I, I love because I think everyone's beautiful at every size. But there's also a point where it's like, yeah, but are you healthy inside? So that's that's kind of my take on it and seeing how that's evolved from like early 2000s, low cut jeans, not going to lie. When that trend came back, I had a moment. <laughs> not, I could still wear them until I was about 25. Um, 
but seeing that come back and the difference in how it's worn now versus how it was worn when I was in high school. It's interesting because yeah. it was low-cut jeans versus high-rise jeans now. Yeah. Well, no, the low-cut was starting to come back. And I was like, I texted my best friend and I'm like, Jess, no. no. <laughs> We're both like, yeah, but they're wearing it with so much confidence than we ever had because they're not, they don't have role models that are six foot tall and 130 pounds, not, not to body shame. I, you know, every size is beautiful, but that was what we were looking at when I was in high school and in college. So it's just so interesting to see the confidence level and how the how it's talked about is so much different. And we're more educated. I mean, we do have access because of social media, but it's also, is it good access? Are you getting good information? You know, that kind of thing. So that's kind of my take on it. Well, one one thing about that, just talk about the 2000s to now. Just look at like any music videos or any backup dancers who, they, who was kind of picked in early 2000s to now. It's, yeah. it's mind-blowing. Uh, I don't have to get into specifics. You know, <laughs> do your own math. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I, I kind of co-sign everything you're saying, and I think it's a big issue that, you know, if you're, if you're not focused on – forget health, right? Forget health. How you feel. Yeah. Right? If you wake up in the morning and you feel depressed and you feel stressed and you feel anxious and you have hypertension and you feel like your heart's, like, beating out of your chest and you're not sure what um, – you know, how to deal with your emotions, like – then there's probably something else going on, right? Your physical mm-hmm. health is probably not great. You probably have, you know, emotional uh, issues happening with, with you know, your, you know, your own demons. You're probably dealing with uh, personal issues and, and relationship issues. Um, I'm saying that from experience. Uh, but I think ultimately, you know, I always, you know, Hippocrates, right? 436 BC said, you know, food is me- let food be, let food be thy medicine mm-hmm. and let medicine be thy food, right? Very, very. You know, everyone knows that sentence, but it's a very simple concept to believe in, but not many people actually practice it. So for me, you know, again, how do you do your vitamins? I try to do it mostly through food. I'm afraid of needles. We'll (laughs) we'll figure that out. Uh, Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling great. Do you want to speed it up a little bit? Let's speed that crap up. (laughs) Start to feel nauseous. NAD actually is So it's got NAD in there. I'm great with that. We're just making sure it feels okay. I'm great with that heart rush. Let's go as fast as we can. (laughs) Give me it. Set it Um, off. And then, and then also, um, wait, where was I? Hold on. You, it was very important. Mental health. Uh, no, eat food is medicine. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so food is medicine, but I think what's even more important to think about is like food is information that can turn on and off your genes. Mm-hmm. Food is information that can actually impact not just your gut, but your brain. Uh, your gut is your second brain, mm-hmm. right? In a lot of cultures, they say, always say, trust your gut. They always say, um, you know, your gut has like, the, you know, a, a consciousness of its own, but your gut has more bacteria and gut flora and information than your brain, right? Mm-hmm. So if you fix your gut, a byproduct, and almost immediately it's fixing your brain. Uh, they're not really mutually exclusive, right? So, you know, for me, this whole eating issue, uh, or sorry, disordered eating issue that I, you know, I'm really happy, uh, happy to talk about is, uh, comes from my own personal story. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with a, you know, family that had a divorce when I was like seven years old and the kind of my, the way I grew up was a very macrobiotic, healthy, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free household. We had, uh, you know, brown rice was probably the only grain we really had. And my mother, um, when we divorced, when she left my father and divorced, she basically, you know, one of the ways she would lure my sister and I, it was like the, the gingerbread, which whatever, like, you know, whatever candy, whatever ice cream, whatever cereal, whatever, yep. whatever, right? Dunkaroos, Fruit by the Foot, Gushers. Like, I was the one kid in school now that wasn't a nerd for having fruit leather versus fruit roll-up. Mm-hmm. 
So that was great. And I and my sister and I kind of had a little um, subsequent eating issues. And I probably more so than her, but a, a lot of times we would binge eat. Um, like a very typical scenario would be my sister and I go out to eat with my mom or something. We order whatever whole plate of food, a whole dish, we eat them to ourselves. And we're both of us on the floor, mostly her because she was, she'd eat, you know, a little smaller than me, but uh, we'd be on the floor with stomach aches. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a food coma, right? And, and you know, a lot of stuff's going on there that, that we would like binge and cope and eat with our feelings and the dopamine, right? So it's like you think about, you know, any codependency, any addiction, you know, food, unlike, you know, sex or alcohol or gambling, food is an issue where if you have an eating disorder or a disordered eating um, issue or or opportunity, I like to say, uh, for healing is is tough because you have to eat to survive. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do heroin to survive. I don't have to do cocaine to survive. I don't have to take magic mushrooms to survive, right? I, y- you have to eat three times, no, not three times a day. You have to eat, you know, a couple times a week, you know, if you intermittent fast, to sustain and to live. And as a food addict, it's really tough where it's like you have to eat with a bunch of friends. There's a lot of shame in there and there's a lot of, like for me, I, I'm a recovering food addict, right? With that whole, with the whole, uh, you know, weight issue, my, my friend and I, we say we're recovering, ob- we're, we're so obesity survivors, right? So, mm-hmm. so I know that's you know a, a touchy word, survivor, coming from a from a, from a Jew. But I think ultimately, like it's it's tough when you when you realize that any week, any two weeks, you could just go on a binge and gain thirty pounds, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of what I live with. And I practice mindful eating. I practice um, intuitive eating. Um, like to, like one day I want a taco, one day I want you know a burger, and like I used to have shame in that. Now it's like okay, you know what? I'll have a bacon, egg, and cheese today on a bagel, cream cheese, whatever, and I'll be fine. And I'll go to the sauna. I'll go to the Turkish bathhouse. I'll play basketball. I'll do yoga. I'll be fine. But when people put stress into their – when they binge and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm so terrible. I hate that I'm doing this. And they, they put that energy into the food. You actually change your brain chemistry. You change your physiology. Uh, and it actually turns the food almost into poison. So I'm going to call you out, Vivian Rosenthal from Frequency – uh, New York City. She she's a dear friend of mine. Has a lot of gut, gut issues, health issues, which we're gonna connect her with. Um, I have an amazing gut uh, gastro gastro. What's the term? Gastro gastroenterologist. Thank you guys. <laughs> the NAD is working really hard. And, it's um, going to his brain, y'all. And she's a functional medicine doctor. Really, really forward thinking on uh, long haul COVID treatment and COVID treatment. Um, but she's someone who. I've connected Vivian with, and Vivian's going to be working with her soon, but a lot of Vivian's issues are psychosomatic and how she has a relationship to food, and she's a binger, and she has Lyme disease and some other gut issues. She has severe mold poisoning, which we're, I'm helping her kind of work through. But a lot of it is the relationship to her food. And I think for me, when I see clients or people you know, have that relationship to food where it's not medicine, it's not an enjoyable experience, mm-hmm. it's like I'm going to binge this until I have no feelings anymore. That's like a dopamine hit. That's like a heroin mm-hmm. hit. That's like going to the strip club or going to gamble. So for me, how can we rewire the brain? Mm-hmm. So speaking of dopamine, we have these nice little five packs of oh, our bliss. Talk, I John, you want to talk about this one for a second? As me and Misha take one, and then John can have one after oh, cool. he's done talking. That's cool. We well, don't know. Well, well, before you talk about it, so I, I'm not a fan of, I mean, I'm a fan, but like these quick fixes and all this stuff, I'm always like, eh, whatever. But this product I took at the KetoCon and it felt like I was on like any, every single antidepressant drug or MDMA, this euphoric <laughs> heart open. Like I, I actually felt so clear and, and I came from a four-hour plane ride, like woke mm-hmm. up th- like four in the morning, drive to the airport, 
and, and I'm actually they gave me a box of this, so I'm flying home with a box of this. I'd recommend everyone buy Bliss from from you guys. <laughs> Throwing it at Chauncey. Yeah. Sorry. Thank sweetie. you. Thank you for that. Yeah. And so just just before John goes into it, we do have these on IDoVitamins.com. They come in the five pack, or you can get them in a thirty pack. And Misha's not waiting. He knows what to do. Yeah. So, so go ahead, John. Take it from here. So Bliss, uh, out of the fourteen different supplements we have, Bliss is definitely up there it's one of my favorites it's one of our original ones it is sammy and tmg those are the two active supplements in there and sammy and tmg is known to increase production of dopamine and serotonin so the reason why misha was talking about how it helped them so much whenever we give bliss remind remind yourself it's the same ingredient but you could give it to 10 different people you'll have 10 different reactions because it activates whatever neurotransmitter you need more of so for some people, if it's dopamine, they're going to feel focused and motivated. If it's a little bit of serotonin, they're going to be happy and, and blissful, hence the name. Mm. So whenever we do these at events, I always like hearing feedback because mm. this is how I like to look at it. Dopamine is a catch-22. Mm. We need it, mm -hmm. right? We thrive in it. Mm -hmm. It gives us focus and motivation, but it gives us this pleasure and reward that sometimes is the catch-22. But we can't walk around without a decent production of dopamine throughout the day. Most people don't produce enough dopamine. Mm -hmm. So they go for it in other ways. This is the term addiction. They are addicted to feeling better. They're addicted to feeling they're addicted to feeling motivated, right? No one wants to be apathetic. So when they take bliss, it gives them the motivation and focus without having to resort to sugar or alcohol or drugs or promiscuous things. Or food. Or food. Food. I was thinking about getting a, a Chipotle burger after this because I'm feeling anxious about some other stuff but now i don't now i feel great <laughs> now that i want that's a perfect segue why does it work that way so when you I, i'll take mine in a second i'm, not even, I'm not even joking i my all my hunger and craving you know when you get hungry and you're stressed and you're like oh my god i want a donut right now shove it in my face gone and yes. i'm not i'm not selling that yeah and i'm selling it but i'm not like <laughs> selling just, it just being honest being honest, just being just honest. honest. well like, i appreciate it. these these are actually all the testimonies we usually hold get on, for on that i'm not a snake oil salesman but snake oil is one of the healthy things you can do for skin burns <laughs> neurotransmitters so you actually can get snake oil online it's really healthy for you so that's a misconception that's awesome that's awesome that's uh <laughs> this is why we have these supplements because they work that effectively just like this uh, i love this testimonial um so go back to the the food and the pleasure and the reward okay so I met a lot of binge eaters this weekend, which was a common thing at keto. Which is hundred percent. That's why they go keto. That's why they go keto because it they can't control the themselves. Craving. It stops the craving. Here's why: when you increase more dopamine, dopamine naturally gives you a stimulant-like effect that suppresses your appetite. Hence, why people who take Adderall or yep. ADHD medication wound up not having an appetite. Just it's basically speed yeah, and 100%, meth. It's 100%. speed and meth. If you take speed meth and Adderall long enough, you're not going to eat anything because you're too wired. Right, But when you're wired, you don't sit down. You get a bunch of stuff done, and you get accomplished. You get your to-do list done, mm -hmm. hence why people love Adderall. The problem is is that if you take that, which is a form of speed or meth, it is too harsh on the body, and it's too much of an overproduction of dopamine. So if you want the consistency of being able to regulate your appetite, you either watch what you eat and or you regulate your dopamine. So when you regulate your dopamine, no longer are you eating for pleasure. You eat because it's just sustenance, mm -hmm. right? That's all it is. So the binge eaters eat something that they're missing. When binge eaters eat sugar or salt, they're eating their feelings, which are dopamine. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because dopamine is made of salt and sugar. Whoa, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, right. is that related li- to leptin as well? That's hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to pause that. You basically just blew my mind. So, yeah, you're eating your feelings. I always got that concept. Everyone gets that concept. Mm-hmm. But you're actually, I mean, it makes total sense now that I say it, now that you just phrased it that way. But n- the fact that you're supplementing that dopamine level with food could be supplemented by any other way. Mm-hmm. You just supplement it with bliss. That's Same right. Well, that's right. Not any other way with bliss. But 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 I'm but, not but, but, you but, but you're right. But you're right. That's <laughs> you completely right. No, because you're food. literally eating your feelings. Yeah. You're eating what you're missing. Mm-hmm. So you're for example, what you're missing. Yeah. I talked to a person earlier today when they were really bad uh, in their diabetes realm. They were craving sand. There's this Salt. medical term Salt. called pica, mm-hmm. which is basically you crave non-nutrients. Oh, yeah. People who oh, yeah, don't yeah. eat healthy and eat fast food and processed foods don't ever get nutrients, so they only crave non-nutrient foods. Mm-hmm. Hence why someone who binge eats eats only salt and sugar and foods that are not nutrient-dense, hence the cravings for something unhealthy. Mm-hmm. What you're trying to do is say, I need more dopamine. Where can I get it from? I can get it from social media. I can get it from sugar. I can get it from food. Okay, I'm going to go with that. It's quick. It's easy. A sugar rush. But here's what happens. Mm-hmm. This lady this past weekend when I was talking about the binge eating, I said, but you're very specific on what you eat. Like you said so a while ago too. You said something very specific about what you were craving. It's rare that someone when they're craving craves Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Right? So I say, here's what's really going Unless on. Unless you make the one I make with, uh, of course. with bacon, maybe syrup, <laughs> uh, maple, maple walnuts, Misha's a little bit of brown, a little bit of brown, I know. Bit of brown <laughs> Don't worry. Butter. You'll be able to get a hold of Misha, and he'll maybe, if you're lucky and enough, you cook pro- for you And you too. broil it and get it all crispy, yeah. and then, yeah, okay, whatever. But so, yeah, I, I hear what you're you saying. You're so, so get this. Um, your fat cells around your belly are an organ. And a year, a couple years ago, they found out that the fat cells make hormones. Yep. They make one called leptin. Yep. Leptin is a hormone that comes from your fat cells that tells your body that you're full mm-hmm. and that you do not have an appetite. It only comes from inflamed white fat mm-hmm. cells mm-hmm. around the belly. So when people are inflamed and overweight, they make a hormone that goes to their brain and tell them to tell them that they're full. So they eat even though they're not hungry. Mm-hmm. But here's the crazy thing. Besides the fact that you eat when you're not hungry and that throws you off because it does. That's your metabolism. Leptin, when it's elevated, suppresses your dopamine production. So when a person has no appetite, they're overweight and inflamed, they literally have a signal that tells them, you don't make any dopamine, so you got to go and find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why they overeat foods that don't agree with them. Or any other, other mechanism. Or yeah. anything else. Or any me- mechanism. Yeah. So then I say, okay, let's – if you talk about the binge eating, I ask this person, how do you feel an hour later after you eat that food? Like shit. Right. Sorry. Oh, is it's, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. trust me. It's I've been fucked like she, 10 yeah. times in mine. It's fine. But, but yes, that's true, right? Because here's what happens. If you think about your f- most favorite food in the world right now, people will salivate over it and they'll mm-hmm. start getting mouth watering. Get that Pavlov. And I say, but it's not something that you normally eat. It's something you eat only when you're stressed. And so the lady, same deal, and you can imagine it right now. Everyone has it in their picture, in their mind. I said, okay, yeah, dim sum, yeah, dim sum, right there. Okay, so then I asked the same question to someone else, and this is what's fascinating. This person wanted to lose weight, but they binge ate. Always this one culprit that was the issue. What do you eat when you're stressed eating? Hagen Dazs coffee, chocolate, ice cream is how this person replied. It was very specific, like I said, very specific. And everyone's like, yeah, I know that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. But nothing else, just this one. I said, when was the earliest memory of you eating this Hagen dazs ice cream? Parents fighting or divorce? No. Seven or eight. Yeah. When did, did your parents divorce? She goes, yes. Mm-hmm. How old? About seven or eight. Yep. She was in the kitchen eating with her mom 
Haagen-Dazs ice cream, and before the world changed, mm-hmm. she would eat this ice cream to go back to a world of safety, mm-hmm. her sanctuary. And I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a, I mean, that's the standard coping mechanism. It's just so, it's so funny how we use food, food. That's what, to me, food is so dangerous or so powerful for as a healing tool mm-hmm. because you can use, use food to get you back into that kind of feedback loop, that negative feedback loop where you're actually not working with the trauma and you're stuck in that trauma, or you can use food as the way to break that feedback loop and once you break that feedback loop of eating crap and feeling like shit and not really being, you know, your fully optimized self, then you're never going to, if you don't do that, you're never going to actually figure out how your brain and your trauma is really dealing with, you know, the, the emotional tax that that, mm-hmm. that that moment was. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's interesting to your point about leptin and the white fat cells and stuff. Um, I personally went through that in the last year. So we had run some blood work, um, best way to see what's going on with your hormones. We do it here. (laughs) Uh, And Jonathan is a wealth of knowledge. And when we, I changed my diet, I started taking some supplementation, found that my body really loves coffee. Um, I saw that change, but also one of the things I included in this goes to a conversation Misha and I were having about him wanting to bring a bathhouse wellness center here is hot and cold, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. doing the um, exposure therapy, yep. which may work for some. It definitely worked for me, but, you know, some it doesn't. So to speak, I know we're on the topic of food, but just kind of watching time about your experiences with, like, bathhouses and heat and all of the community of that. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yep. So so I think I, meant, I briefly mentioned that earlier. So my people always ask, what's your health regimen? Why, why do you look so healthy? I mean, I don't look always the healthiest sometimes I as a recovering binge eater some weeks I'm 10 pounds heavier some some weeks other other weeks a little lighter but um and, and when I when I say lighter I mean like I look super inflamed I'm not like you know it's not mm-hmm. so much the weight it's more like how you look as a as an individual and how it affects your body certain gluten dairies and processed foods um but one of the things that I've always been doing since probably my you know since 24 years old very consistently is going to a sauna or mm-hmm. using the Russian Turkish bathhouse in, in new york city on 10th street between 10th and uh, 10th street and first avenue they've been around since 1892 uh so they've literally been you know a halt you know a, a trademark of, a, of the new york experience but also they've been um for me probably the greatest tool for healing so whenever i have an injury whenever i you know have a cut or i have a sprained an ankle or whatever playing basketball I'll, I'll go to the banya and i'll just be there for three hours banya means bathhouse in russian um it basically will it's about 185 to 220 degree sauna there. So it literally will treat most of my ailments. And if I ever have a cold, I'll go there. And within, you know, the time I leave, I'm completely healed. Um, there was a study, you can check, you can check it out on, on Google, but I don't know if you guys put links at the bottom, but there was a study in Finland that basically said in 180, deg- 180 degree sauna within 18 minutes, it kind of kills the COVID virus. Mm-hmm. So I was in the banya for the entirety of the, co- of the COVID in New York City. And there was a... I'm not going to tell you which one. But mm-hmm. one of the banyas were open. 10th Street was closed. One of the Russian banyas was open in the city. And it was probably like underground. Probably shouldn't have been open. But all these Hasidic Jews, all these, uh, you know, older men that, you know, that would mm-hmm. always use, use the other banyas would come. And I would see them every other day. No one would get sick. Mm-hmm. No one got COVID. Like, no one. And, and they had a contact tracing. And I never got a call. No one ever got sick. And, and I really believe that. And I actually have never gotten COVID before. And I've lived, like, do massive events. I'm around people all the time. And, you know, I honestly don't have, have no antibodies. And I really, like, uh, but I attribute that to the sauna. And, and I, I eat pretty well. I do have, as a recovering binge eater, there's weeks that are not better than other weeks or that are better than other weeks that are not, you know, always the most nutrient-dense. And I'll, I'll admit to that. 
uh, but using intermittent fasting, using you know light exercise like basketball once a week, twice a week, but mostly the banya is what I attribute to my health. So, you know, what I'm working on is you know we're actually working with 10th Street Bathhouse. They're mm-hmm. they're one of the most amazing saunas in the world, banyas in the world, obviously. But um, the two grandchildren from Boris, the one of the owners, uh, are now you know in charge, and we're working with um, them to bring a banya to Austin. So I I actually went to Kuya, which is a, I brought up earlier, which is a, pardon me, it's is a amazing mental health little space and clinic, and they have an amazing banya and float tank, and, and also Alive and Well down the street. They had an amazing little ozone um, sauna and a little personal sauna, but there's no real community large bathhouse mm. or sauna, or even a Korean spa, which I'm a big fan of Korean spas and, the, and you know, Eastern cultures for, for healing. So, you know, we're working on it. If anybody, anybody's listening, please, you know, reach out to these guys. You know, obviously, I think we should all have a collabor- collaboration because I think the yep. Banya should have, you know, an MSM vitamin studio or, or IV lounge or NAD. And this is a very important, you know, step for me of, of you know, elevating my career of helping people have the access that I have, um, you know, which, you know, people think it's really expensive to, to, you know, pay for your health. But, you know, me personally, I, I pay not much for my health. I mean, I have, you know, people who supplement some therapy that I pay for. But my physical health, I, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much use the banya and exercise. And, you know, the vitamins are, you know, thank you for the gift. But, you know, I am on I am taking some supplements. Uh, but typically, it's, it's very affordable. Yeah. Um, and if you invest in your health and you invest in yourself, you're actually making an investment that's going to pretty much... Uh, you know, save you probably hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of dollars of medical bills and, you know, doctor's visits and medications you have to be on. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, if you guys read the book Food Fix by, by Dr. Mark Hyman, he basically talks about um, how the economic burden by 2050 of our, of our uh, you know, globe for having, uh, you know, this, if we don't fix our eating habits and our food habits, just our, from chronic disease and, and, and health alone is going to be over $100 trillion mm-hmm. on, our GDP, yeah. on our GDP. The global GDP is just over $100 yeah. trillion dollars right now. So it's one of those things where, you know, when I was younger, I was in a lot of this space before it became what everyone is doing. So I went to public health school, actually got turned down for a project. I don't even remember what it was. It was something with yoga and mental health in the public health space, turned down for funding, everything. Now they're throwing money at people to do that. So it's so interesting to see that change in 10 years. Amitai said that yesterday, that now there's the big big tech and big investments Mm -hmm. are looking into biohacking. They pay for it. I've I've taught yoga at some very big name places. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a matter, and my grandfather said that. He'll be 90 in September, still takes his three-mile walk, takes care of my grandmother, cooks every day. He's like, you pay for it now or you pay for it later. Mm -hmm. And what is kind of insane to me is our generation, we're all around the same age, is going to is the first generation that may not live as long as mm-hmm. our grandparents' mm-hmm. generation. That's true. That's true. Because they've it's continued. No, the no, lifespan it's our, is even continued. our parents. No, it's our parents. Par- is it our parents? It's our parents? I always mess yeah. that one up. Yeah. So, but it's still regardless. Same, yeah. mm-hmm. Now it's funny. We were in a, an event center, at like a big. It was mm-hmm. the Palmer Event Center, right? It was freezing in there. Like you, if you uh, you were there briefly, but it was like freezing that afternoon. You walk outside; it's 114 yeah. degrees index. Yeah. Everyone who's not from Austin was like, my allergies and sinuses are Activated. flared up. Yeah. I said, you're about to get sick. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I said, why is this? Because you're not used to extreme Ta- temperatures. Yep. But right. here's the thing. You talk about the bathhouse. Mm-hmm. I do cold, cold hot yep. three times a mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. because of that reason. Mm-hmm. When During the pandemic. C- creating resilience also. For right. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, it builds up your immune system. And sauna is a great way to sweat out toxins. I mean, hands down. So when I'm there, 100%. I'm oh, there, yeah. you know. 
30 minutes, 20 minutes if I can to get the good breathing, the good mm-hmm. circulation out of there, right? And the sauna itself, it helps parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. It helps increase your HRV. It helps uh, make you live longer. Basically, mm-hmm. you live healthier and longer. But the cold, so go back to that leptin, right? Leptin, that hormone mm-hmm. that comes from fat cells, tells you that you're full. It suppresses dopamine. No one wants leptin, all right? Let's just put it that way. You don't want a high amount of it. It only comes from white and fat, uh, white inflamed fat cells. Mm-hmm. Cold therapy makes those white fat cells brown. Mm. So you will produce less leptin mm. that it controls your appetite that suppresses your dopamine. So Wow, I actually didn't know that. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So what you want to talk the about? The more sign, you know. The more you know. You want brown blood cells. And everyone just saw the rainbow if That's you're right. over 25. It just went right over me, so right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Can you do graphics with us? Yeah. Oh, it, I'm going to make it. It's a GIF it. somewhere, right? Wonderful. But yeah, Sorry, so you imagine cold therapy will help regulate your dopamine, which could be great 100%. for food addiction. 100%. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at the Banya, they have a cold plunge, so, and they have cold buckets. So for me, uh, whenever I'm feeling stressed or anxious and I'm not near a Banya, I'll just jump in the shower and yeah. just do a cold shower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cold shower. We'll go hot for a minute, you know, be warm, be yeah. cozy, make the room all steamy, and then just throw a cold for two minutes. And if it hurts, it's because you're not resilient. Mm-hmm. If it hurts, it's because you need to become more resilient. And there's a doctor uh, I really appreciate, and I... And I love her work and, I, and I'm a big fan of which Aaron and I connected about in Boston is Dr. Carla Mellenbacher and she's now a, she's a functional neurologist she's now at um, the leading chiropractor at uh, Alive and Well down the street in Bee Cave uh, but she um, how did I bring her up? I'm sorry the, the, cold the cold therapy the cold therapy um, you love no there's a reason I brought it up there's uh, whatever and my point is like she's great I wanted to plug her but no the cold therapy is so important for me uh because when I'm in it, when I literally do the cold tub and the two minutes in the cold shower, I will literally feel my entire brain reset. Mm-hmm. And that's something when you when you're in the cold plunge, you get something called neurogenesis. When you go cold hot, that's when you actually can create new pathways. So if you're really a biohacker and you want to hack, when you're in that process of neurogenesis, and you know on psychedelics might be harder, but if it's a cold plunge, you actually can like rewire your thinking. You can actually meditate new synapses to fire, new uh, pathways in your brain to, to actually connect. Okay, Troxy, relax. Um, <laughs> to, to to actually kind of you know kind of imprint themselves a little easier. So for me, that's why I love cold plunging so much. And I don't have like a real formal ice like cold plunge with ice buckets. I just use the bathhouse, but mm-hmm. and sometimes not, it's not always as cold, and they add chlorine in there sometimes. But a cold plunge, if you can get a real ice bucket, you literally just fill up a you know a little kiddie pool, right? Put ice ice cubes in it, fill up with water from your hose, and you know, bring your whole community and your family out. Uh, my business partner in Manhasset, uh, Tay from uh, Live and Well, I'm mean, sorry, from uh, Five Phases um, Chiropractic Studio out in Manhasset, he he has like, you know, a couple times a month, people coming out, um, literally just like getting in his inflatable um, ice plunge to, you know, work on mm-hmm. wellness and work on mindfulness. So yeah. I think it's so important. And I think cold plunging, especially if you're in a place like Austin, 107 degrees, it can get redundant having that constant heat on you. So if there's a place whether it's the Bonnier, whether it's Alive and Well, whether it's uh, Kuya, to get a cold plunge uh, to actually get you know, that practice in, or using your shower or filling up your bathtub with cold done water. That. Yeah. You, I did that two days ago. Like You can do it. Yeah. You can I've do it definitely anywhere. done that. Yeah. And, and I, before we uh, wrap up with, uh, mm-hmm. with how people can find you, the reason why you're probably feeling it now is you're feeling the NAD, right, in the IV. Mm-hmm. So for people who are listening, uh, Misha's getting – NAD plus and an IV, and it's great for the topic of food addiction. So NAD helps people repair and regenerate their mitochondria or their cells, 
while they get it in the IV, they literally feel it in real time. Misha has the IV on full blast, so it's rushing through his entire body right now. That's why I forgot that story with that's Carla. Right. Yeah. So, Sorry, so, Carla. So that's what's going on. He's trying to concentrate right now and trying to also <laughs> like regenerate and detox at the same time. It's kind of hard. But Nad has been given for years for addiction. He's also flying high from the bliss currently. Of course. He's, yeah, you still, I think this is still your drink, by the way, oh, too. that's for me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, what is this? This is swag over here. They got swag. I didn't put chill in it. You, so it's, you, just oh, a, it's just it's a just, fruit punch. Okay. But it's still great. good. But regardless, the Nad, when it's given higher dosages, it helps addiction protocol it helps remove those connections from food and dopamine going into the brain and it can actually help people kind of get off of that addiction to things like sugar or salt which is incredible i personally can speak for me doing that for the past i don't know three years my sugar cravings have improved a lot my brown fat has activated even more with the cold therapy and the sauna i work out less than i used to Mm -hmm. and i'm more fit Mm -hmm. i'm less inflamed i feel better I improve and emphasize my sweat, my mindset, and community more than I do of food nowadays because now I'm more focused on that. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that, I'm no longer obsessive with the food. I just know it's sustenance. I'll find it one way or another. If not, I'll get through this, the nutrients in my IV. But I have too many other things I have to worry about. You know, food is, doesn't have to be one of them. But for people who still are learning you know, how important food is for them and how it can be a tool and a resource to help them grow and, 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 and function better. Right. I think they should reach out to you as well. Okay. So how do people find you? Tell us a little about the health uh, warrior project as well. Yeah. Well, I guess in some, just, we talked about it in the beginning, but the health warrior project is, you know, I, I am a chef. I'm a wellness chef. I focus on, um, you know, helping people get out of their own way in the kitchen, getting, getting out of their way in their own, head uh, how to like think about health and wellness in a way that's not diet this diet that it's just eating whole real food hyper local if you can uh regenerative food is the best regenerative meat uh sustainable fish is is the best way to go um there's actually you know a lot of resources you can reach out uh to me and i can i can you know send them to you but i think ultimately um healing communities with each other right so if you have an idea you're watching this podcast you're like hey i want to have dinner with my family invite five more friends over invite mm-hmm. 10 friends over and and it's easier to cook for 30 than it's cooked for four like i know it doesn't sound like that but just buy four more cauliflowers two more eggplants and and make mm-hmm. it happen and and i think you know if you want to reach out to me i can i can support you in any way possible i'm very accessible on instagram uh it's chef misha but my tag is uh the health warrior project at the health warrior project my website is thehealthwarriorproject.com. Uh, you can email me from, you can uh, contact me on there through email, but Instagram probably is my easiest way to reach out to me. Wonderful, wonderful. So, uh, how do you feel right now? Feel great. One thing about vitamins is if you don't, if you don't if you take one on an empty stomach, you get a little vitamin taste in your mouth. So that's what's affecting me more than He's the tasting the B complex. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but other than that, no, I actually the bliss makes me feel. Like I need to actually be a, be prescribed for this or have it, you know, every day because I'm I'm shocked on how. Well, good thing he has a whole box. Oh my, hey, I got a whole box. I'm, yeah, we got you. But I'm shocked. I mean, I, I'm actually blown away, and I've taken a lot of supplements, a lot of products. So thank you for that. NAD I've done, uh, you know, multiple times, and I, it's very generous for us to kind of do this on camera and kind of show people that this is how we should do vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very accessible. You can get, you know, IVs a lot of ways. You can learn how to poke yourself if you want. Uh, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, do that. Don't, do that. don't do that. But but ultimately, um, eat your vitamins through food. Eat your vitamins like mm-hmm. like have a base, right? Have a baseline where you where you build the foundation of your health, and you have movement, nutrition, 
and mindfulness. And, and the community. rest. Community. Well, I think that's part of mindfulness, that. right? Oh, that's fair. part. Of, well, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, that's part of intention, right? So intention. be mindful yep. of the world around you. Be mindful yep. of mm-hmm. your relationships, your connection, uh, and, and how you take care of your personal health. So yes, obviously, mindfulness is meditation and spirituality, but really just be mindful in everything that you do. And I think community is, you know, the most important thing. So find a community. Find online community if you're alone. Reach out to me. Reach out to us. We're, we're here to support you. Um, I always DM back within a, a couple hours, so reach out to me. Um, but but there's, a, there's a way to do this together, and we have to be listening, you know, to our hearts, but really to the people around us. And if we see anyone who's sick, I believe it's an obligation to go to that person and say, I have an answer. Mm-hmm. Not the answer, a answer. That's amazing. Yeah. I like that. Someone else mentioned that this weekend. I like that idea. Perfect. I mean, I, I mean, just to finish that. Like, I, I do call people out probably too much, but it's because I want to be called out when I need adjustments, and it's it's micro adjustments for people. Hey, don't eat these three things. Don't eat these four things. Move one time. Tough love. It's all it is. Constructive criticism, but yep, uh, and it, accountability is huge. That's, that's it. That's accountability. That's what we really want. Yeah, we we call it in my running group accountability buddy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. someone's always going to make sure you're okay. And yeah, it's huge. I mean, I love the idea. Invite five friends. You know, mom grew up letting everyone in the house, yep. so it's it's definitely bring people in because most people just need support, and especially in the world we're in right now, community needs to be the focus. That's right. And the last thing, so to bring in the five friends thing, if, if, if it's money is an issue and you're like, I can't eat healthy, I don't want to host you know, five of my friends, ten of my friends, everyone bring five, ten dollars. Just mm-hmm. everyone can pitch in to get like or a... Or a dish. Or pot or pot, like a vegetable, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's a way to do it where we, we don't have to go over and beyond, stretch our budget. We want to like, you know, stretch our lifespan. We want to mm-hmm. be healthier, longer, and be here for you know to help this planet grow, for, and for one another too. Yeah. Exactly. Thank yeah. you so much, Leave it Misha. Than I appreciate, it man. Thank Dude, you, brother. Thank sorry, you. Thank sorry. you. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Oh, you're the best, guys.